everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, uh, spectrum disorders, uh, treatment of those things, and trying to get your life back. My name is Kevin Foss, and I am a licensed therapist specializing in um, all sorts of anxiety disorders. Any of them that you can think of, uh, those are the things that I'm interested in talking about and helping folks get through and get uh, back to their life. As I say, get back to a life worth living. Um, and uh, I'm delighted that you have joined me for this episode. So this is a uh, this is episode 32. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. Thank you, all all of you return listeners and perhaps some of you new listeners. Um, uh, we just came off the heels of uh, OCD Week. So OCD Week is uh, uh, usually occurs in October. So I was doing a whole lot of stuff on Instagram, by the way. Uh, if you are new to the uh, the show and you have not found me over at Instagram, head on over there, follow me, like me, forget exactly what the vernacular is over there. But um, uh, I send out some posts every now and again. Some of them I think are funny, but um, some of them are, are very much not. So, um, but either, either way, check me out over there. I post some things from time to time. I'm also can be found on the Facebooks. So later in the episode, I'm going to be answering a question from a listener about um, about what do you do when family members or other people don't believe you have OCD and it kind of gaslights you. So we're going to be chatting chatting a little bit about that. But uh, if you have a question for me that uh, you would like me to answer in a future episode, head on over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can ask it there. All right, everybody. Um, so for a second, wherever you are, I just want you to think about, um, what are you doing today? You know, do you have stuff going on today? Do you have any plans? Have any meetings going on? Uh, some of you, uh, uh, in the Dayton crowd, are you dating today? Are you going out on a date thinking about that? Are you seeing family? Are you thinking about that? Are you stressing about that? Um, I mean, Halloween is coming up. We got Thanksgiving coming up for those of us uh, in, in in America, for those of us who celebrate those things or who do those things. Celebrate's a weird word for those anyways. But um, what are you doing to prep for those things? Are you doing a lot? Are you thinking a lot? Are you stressing out, planning, all that? I mean, to add on to all that stuff, um, did you guys know that winter is coming? I mean, this is not a Game of Thrones thing. I mean, winter is legitimately coming. So, uh, and by the way, this is a, a Northern Hemisphere-specific uh, comment. Uh, this is not to uh, completely ignore my Australian listeners. I know you're there, and thanks for listening. Anyhow, um, but for, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, winter is coming. Now, with all the things that uh, you're doing today, you're probably not thinking about winter coming and all that that's going to entail, and all that that's going to provide uh, challenges to you and obstacles to you. You're, you're just not. However, with, with our anxieties, we can usually work ourselves into a frenzy about the future. We tend to sometimes get overwhelmed by the future. We think about what could happen. We think about uh, how would it impact me? Um, will it be good? Will it be bad? If it's bad, how do I avoid it? And, and we can wrap ourselves up in knots trying to figure out what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. And for some of those things, again, how do we avoid it or make sure it doesn't happen to us? So we get really easily overwhelmed by the future possibilities, uh, good stuff, bad stuff, uh, and that it can tend to then distract us from the present. 
Those thoughts about the future can distract us from things that we actually need to do or want to do, kind of in the moment. Uh, they can prevent us from enjoying good things now uh, because we're worried about all the stuff in the future. Sometimes we don't get fully engaged in conversation kind of distracted in those. Uh, we can become physically sick or even uncomfortable over the thoughts about the future. Or we can avoid taking active steps towards our goals or, or the things that uh, we're doing that, that day that, that may actually help us uh, towards dealing with what we're actually worried about that day all by thinking about the future. Now, by the way, um, in, in terms of how this ties into OCD and anxiety, this isn't just OCD. I know I do a lot of episodes on uh, OCD-related stuff, but it's kind of all over the place. I mean, um, when we think about things that are going on tomorrow or the next day or the next day or weeks ahead, um, I mean, some of us get really nervous about taking tests. So instead of studying for the tests that may actually help, we procrastinate. We go and clean our room. We organize our notes. We get them super organized. Uh, we dabble in studying for other classes. For some reason, we do that. For someone who's nervous about an upcoming meeting, instead of preparing for that meeting, they might try to get out of it, otherwise known as avoidance. They might ruminate about how much they hate their boss or their coworkers for putting them up to this, getting in their head about it worrying about what might happen. For someone who might be meeting a new group of people at college, so they're heading out to college and they're worried about whether or not they're going to make any friends. So instead of enjoying the group of friends they have now, they hyper-focus on their fears, they worry that they're not going to meet anybody, and sometimes they even frantically search kind of a school website or kind of uh, uh, other things related to the school to try to find out what groups they could be a part of, trying to figure this out. Now, obviously, this can tie into uh, OCD stuff. So like for relationship OCD, instead of actively engaging in a current relationship and the things that are going on today, someone will get stuck in the thoughts about playing out endless scenarios in which the relationship ends. They hyper-evaluate their partner's characters and flaws. They can even question their own feelings and attraction. Again, all trying to plan out what could happen, when it's going to happen, when the relationship is going to end. Even with HOCD, sexual orientation OCD, instead of pursuing life and relationships in the present moment as you would want to, as you'd see fit, as you would typically do it, you get wrapped up in thoughts about wondering if and when you're going to turn gay or your sexuality is just going to flip. You fantasize about the past when you were so certain about your sexuality and just how much happier you were about that. So anxiety pulls us from the present and things that could actually help, um, and sends us way into the past or way into the future. Now, anxiety does this to help us prevent something unwanted from happening, but it can tend to become overwhelming and can tend to overstay its welcome and become way overvalued, thereby becoming a problem. All right, so go back to one of my first questions that I asked you. Did you know that winter is coming? That's, it's kind of a dumb question. Of course, you know, winter is coming. I mean, it's kind of what happens. I mean, we go summer, then we go to fall, then we hit winter, then we go back to spring, and then we're right back to summer, and we do the whole thing all over again. It's what we do, but it's inevitably happening. Whether we like it or not, whether we want it or not, winter is coming. With all of its changes, with all the things that are going to be wonderful, with all the things that are going to be awful about it, it's coming. It's out of our hands. But you know what? You're not worried about it. Probably. You're not thinking about what is going to happen or it's not going to happen because winter is coming. You just put it off and you say, you know what? I'll get there when I get there. It could go really terrible, but you're not stressed about that. 
likely. Instead, you're saying, well, that's for later. That'll be for another time. So with winter coming, why worry about something that's inevitable? It is going to be there. Or we're going to die in a car accident or something terrible is going to happen that's going to pull us away from that. So again, we can tend to get wrapped up so much in the things that may happen tomorrow. Some of our fears are whispered to us as an inevitability. It's almost the premise of the thought is, this is happening. What if I turn gay? What if I'm a pedophile? What if I fall off this building? What if I hurt myself and kill myself? What if I get fired? And almost the premise of that is, this is the thing that's going to happen unless you do this whole other thing. It's this obligatory action. If I, uh, if I don't do this, then this thing, this premise, is in fact going to happen, and it's coming. You can't stop it. It's coming your way. And that freaks people out. It's wildly uncomfortable. So because of that anxiety, we would try to do almost anything to try to make sure that that thing doesn't happen. Now, we usually then never question it. We usually then, then never say, well, maybe it's not going to happen. I mean, we desperately say, I hope it doesn't happen. And that's where those compulsions come in of avoidances, of checking, of reassurances, of, uh, and, and whatever it is that you tend to do. And we're doing all of that, again, just to make sure that the future is going to be okay. But usually then when we question it, when we ask, all right, well, is that thing actually happening right now? Well, no, it's not happening right now. I mean, if you were to think like, all right, am I turning gay right now? Well, no. Am I killing my spouse right now? Well, no. Well, is it going to happen? Well, maybe. I, I don't know. The reality is we don't know if those things are going to happen. But if your brain is saying, hey, this is an, an, an inevitability, then rather than getting wrapped up in preventing this thing that your brain is saying in an, it's an inevitability, we can actually practice the effort of calling its bluff and holding back on it and seeing if and when that thing is in fact going to happen. Because likely speaking, with some of our fears, with some of your fears, you've You've done these things. You've done these compulsions to try to avoid this thing, to make sure it's not going to happen. And yet you end up back in the same cycle of discomfort, the same cycle of questioning, and you end up just feeling more uncomfortable and, 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 and doubtful and uncertain. So it really wasn't getting you anywhere. So instead of trying to do the same thing over and over again, let's call it a bluff. And also, let's let the future be the future. Winter is coming. Whether we like it or not, it's coming. Okay, I'll deal with winter when it gets here. We'll see how cold it is. For my uh, uh, Southern Hemisphere folks, we'll see how hot it is. I suppose you guys call it summer, but that's a separate conversation. It's, we'll deal with it when it gets here at the degree and the temperature that it is at when it's there. But for right now, I'm going to deal with today. I'm going to deal with the stuff that's on my plate right now. We will see if I get fired. My brain's saying it's going to happen. All right. I'm going to go give my talk. I'm going to go to work. We'll see what happens. My relationship's going to end, is the fear. Well, we'll see. But you know what I'm going to do? Instead of doing that, I'm going to focus back on the here and now. What can I do today in my relationship? I don't know what the future is going to hold, but what can I do today? in this moment. 
And then we're going to pull back on those things that ultimately aren't helpful. Like, for example, cleaning your room to distract yourself from studying for a test. You're anxious. You're getting distracted. You're thinking about something else that's all the way over here. Well, it's because we're, we're worried about every time we sit down and study, our brain goes, you're going to fail. It's going to be awful. It's going to be terrible. And we don't want to think about that. So we're going to go try to clean. We're going to do something else. Now, if cleaning your room legitimately historically has helped with you get a better grade, I mean, maybe that has something to do with it then. But likely speaking, cleaning your room does not have a direct connection to you passing your engineering class or you, or you writing that paper. So instead, we're going to let the future be the future. And we're going to say, all right, it's coming. My failure is coming. Great. I'm going to deal with that failure when I get there. But for today, for right now, um, I'm going to study. Because historically speaking, that has actually been helpful for the relationship OCD. I'm Instead of worrying about the future and the inevitable divorce, well, what can I do right now? Is there anything that I can do today that... I would enjoy. Can I pay attention to my spouse? Can I love on them? Can I can I try to be present on my life and enjoy life in this moment? And we'll see what happens. If my brain says inevitably, based on everything that you're talking about, we're going to get into a divorce. Okay, well, that is future me's problem. And for you, that's future you's problem. So when you find this week that you get caught up and some of your future-based thoughts, and you catch yourself doing it, I want you to remind yourself, you know what? Winter's coming. I'll get there eventually. That's future me's problem. Am I, I'm going to get to that disaster, you know what? Or I'm not. Or I'm never going to get there, because the disaster's not coming. But instead of fighting with it, I'm just going to sit back and live my life in the present moment as I want to. Not as my anxiety says that if I don't do this, it's going to bring this thing on or it's going to ensure this thing is going to happen. It's holding us hostage. Instead, focus on today. All right, so coming up, listener question. All right, so this question comes from Sarah. She asks, I have a question that I'm struggling with that some of the people closest to me do not think I have OCD. I can't help but think I must not have it then. I don't know how to get past this and seek help for something that my head is telling me I must not have. All right, Sarah, thank you so much for this question. Um, It's it's a really, really good question, a frustrating question for you to uh, have to, uh, or a frustrating feeling that you're experiencing that led you to ask this question. So I've worked with a lot of folks who go back and forth with whether or not they do have OCD or it's not, whether or not they genuinely are pedophile or they actually have OCD, or they're genuinely a murderer or they have OCD. And it can become this entirely secondary obsession, the primary obsession being, so for some, uh, whether or not I'm gay, to go back to the HSCD examples. Um, And then the secondary obsession being, well, what if it's not OCD? Is it OCD? How is it OCD? Is it not? The secondary obsession being whether or not they actually do in fact have OCD, but it's, it's second, again, it's secondary to the primary concern, the main concern that probably brought them into treatment. But people can wrap themselves up around this and trying to figure this out for certain that that if they if they do so let's go with the HOCD example if they do in fact have HOCD okay there's treatment for it but if they're not 
well, that means that their biggest fears could or will be true. So now they have this whole other thing that they have to struggle with. So instead of just dealing with the idea that they may or may not be gay, they're dealing with maybe they are maybe they are or are not gay, but maybe they do or they don't have OCD. And also some of the other questions then are, well, am I, quote, crazy or am I, go, am I losing my mind? Can I even trust myself? Do I even know what my thoughts are? Can I trust my intentions and my feelings? All of this can be part of that secondary obsession, and it can be really, really difficult to try to piece out so if you're feeling alone or you're feeling scared in this, it's understandable. Now with your question, now with your question though that I can't help but think that I must not have it then because other people don't think that you have it. It's kind of other people are gaslighting you. Meaning other people are telling you something and making you believe something that goes against what you feel or your gut says is true. Um, it's a, it, it's based off of a very old movie, Gaslight, where it uh, it's a, one person is convinced that they are crazier or or they are um, um, tricked into thinking that they are crazy in this whole scenario, whereas they are not. Now, the first thing I'm going to say, Sarah, is that. I want you to recognize that you, that first notice that you emailed an OCD podcast about this. Deep down, you know it's OCD. You know what you're experiencing. You emailed me. You didn't email another type of website or another type of podcast. You emailed me. So obviously, there's something within you that believes that you do have this. Either you've been diagnosed with it, or you've been told by it, or you've read enough about it that you've kind of rounded up to this idea, man, I probably have this. Now, there are a lot of people that don't understand OCD, uh, clinicians included, but, but there are a lot of people who don't understand it, and there are a lot of reasons that they don't understand it. To go through some of them, I mean, one is the, the I'm so OCD crowd. This is the folks, or these are the folks that uh, believe that everybody is OCD, or that they are, and that their, their little traits are, in fact, OCD, and they kind of round them up. Similar to those, and kind of a kissing cousin to these folks, um, are the Facebook and BuzzFeed quizzes. Kind of the, the uh, if you've seen this, the uh, only people with OCD will pass this test. I mean, those folks aren't going to understand what OCD actually is. Those tests, by the way, are just uh, uh, testing whether or not you're particular or observant. Um, they have nothing to do with OCD. Unless, unless the, the clickbait is sending you to the Y box, um, it's, uh, it's not going to test for OCD. Again, I think the, the, the only way it's really diagnosing or the only way it's diagnostic in the sense that if the test pisses off people who are OCD, then you can actually test who's pissed off. Uh, uh, that would be perhaps helpful uh, in diagnosing or kind of finding folks, but it's, it, it's useless. Those are useless. So those folks are, are, aren't probably going to understand OCD. Some people don't understand because there's just a genuine misunderstanding some people genuinely think that OCD is only washing or checking. Or the, and that's kind of the stuff they put on TV because it's very, very visual. It's easy to show that. In fact, there are a lot of therapists out there who just simply don't understand it either. Even in my graduate program, uh, in, in the entire time, legitimately, we probably only talked about OCD for about 20 minutes. OCD is not talked about very much in a, uh, a, a informative way that talks about the breadth of symptoms that can be included. So a lot of people just simply aren't going to understand what it is. But again, that's, that's, that, 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 that one's not necessarily malicious. It's just misunderstanding. Now, 
a malicious one that may or may not be malicious. I, I it I find it it's kind of on the fence for me. Uh, it's kind of it could be malicious. It could also just be ignorance. Um, there are just some folks who just simply don't believe in mental health issues. There are a lot of reasons for this. There can be some cultural contributions to it. Uh, it could just simply be their upbringing that their family doesn't agree with it, or they might have a a a religious reason why they don't believe it. Which brings me to my next one, which is some people think that mental health issues are the result of poor religious or spiritual connection with God. Now, I obviously think that, think that this is bonkers and false, but there are going to be some people out there who will cite their religion and spiritual beliefs as why they don't think that OCD exists. Lastly, the folks that I think are, are, are the worst are just these outright insensitive folks who believe that people should just buck up. So if you have depression, just suck it up, get going, get to work. If you have OCD, just stop it. There are going to be a lot of reasons why people might not support you or people might not understand you, some of which are going to be um, malicious. Some of them are just going to be based on ignorance, and some of them are just going to be a a willful unwillingness, if I can say that, um, to not really wanting to expand and have compassion, uh, or rather to to expand their, their knowledge base and to extend compassion for them to say, I hear you and I trust you that you're experiencing this and not to say what you're experiencing is, is BS or a lie or exaggerated. Now, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading into this perhaps, but there might be a lot of reasons why they might not believe you, which by the way, that can be a great opportunity for education. Um, it's not our responsibility to educate everybody about what OCD symptoms are, but if it's someone you care about and someone you're going to interact with on a regular basis, it may be a great opportunity for you to just talk about what OCD actually, actually is. You might want to send them some articles. Uh, you can check out some articles. I have some over on my uh, um on my private practice page, uh, Cal OCD, which you can actually read uh, or get get a link to it from the Fearcast Podcast website. But the IOCDF is going to have a whole gaggle of uh, articles. There are going to be uh, a bunch of different articles online that you can that you can send to folks, and that might help them understand it better. All right. Either way, though, you said sometimes you're questioning whether or not you have OCD. So I'll say this to you: trust people who actually know. So if you haven't done so already, talk with an OCD specialist and do an assessment. And if they say you have OCD or if you have OCD symptoms, trust them. They're unlikely to BS you and they're unlikely to lie to you about that. You can think about it this way. If you were worried that you had cancer, you'd go see a doctor. You wouldn't just trust your friends who say that you're probably fine. Now, if you're dealing with hypochondria, um, you'd still go see a real doctor and follow through with their suggestions. And it would be my hope that you would only go once and that you would follow through their suggestions. Now, of course, this is a this is a loose and a bad example because people actually actually believe that cancer exists. I mean, perhaps a, a better example might be fibromyalgia because some people don't believe that that's an actual thing. Um, but what I'd say to that person again is go see a professional who specializes it, who understands it. Um, they are more likely going to say it's it, it it's a real thing. I mean, I've heard recently that Kaiser, the hospital uh, um, organization, uh, they don't really do anything about pandas, which is a form of OCD or it's connected to OCD uh, that's caused by strep infection. Uh, it's it's kind of a rapid onset of of OCD symptoms, and they just kind of don't really treat it. They kind of turn a blind eye to it, so they might not be the best uh, resource uh, for this. But for you, Sarah, I, I, I would encourage you to go 
and talk to people who know and have compassion for it and trust what they say. I'll also say is that we can use this as an exposure opportunity. We can use this to say, you know what? Maybe you don't. That's right. We can use this as an exposure to your secondary fear and just say, you know what? Maybe I don't have it. And scripting is a great opportunity for this. Maybe I don't have it and I'm actually blank. And then write out all the terribleness that's going to happen because of that. Now, if you don't know what scripting is, if you're new to all this, Google it. It's either called scripting or imaginal exposures or cognitive exposures, all those things. That's going to be a great way for you to start to challenge this and habituate to this secondary thought while you hopefully progress with treatment. Now, with thoughts like these, I'm a huge fan of acceptance and taking a risk. The whole first half of this was all about winter is coming and putting off future problems for the future. This is very similar to that. First off, we can accept and acknowledge that right now you've got this doubtful thought. We can sit with this discomfort while you continue on with treatment, while you continue on uh, writing your scripts and doing other exposures and just say, you know what, maybe I don't have it. And that therefore, we can sit with this discomfort that, you know what, maybe this terrible, awful thing is going to happen, and what's true about me is going to come true, and I'm going to see it eventually. And we can tell ourselves, well, that's just the way it is. So, I might as well keep going on with life as best I can until blank starts happening, until I start killing people, until my relationship crumbles to the ground, or until I find uh, the person that I was supposed to fall in love with, or until I realize that I never loved my partner in the first place, or until I realize that I'm gay. I mean, some other examples for this, let's say it's POCD. I'm just going to keep going with life uh, until I actually start molesting children, or until others verify them a pedophile. With HOCD, as I said, I'm just going to keep going with life until I fully 100% realize that I'm actually gay and that thought stays consistent and I start sleeping with other people of the same sex. For scrupulosity, it can be, I'm just going to keep going in life until others confirm that I'm actually morally a bad person or that God unquestionably speaks to me through the, through the clouds and booms down and confirms that I'm terrible and sends me to hell. But you know what? Until that happens, I'm going to keep going. Now, as Maybe some generalized anxiety stuff for your fears of being fired, perhaps, is, well, I'm going to keep going to work until I get fired. I mean, to reframe that one, it's essentially someone saying, well, my, my first level anxiety is uh, I'm, I'm worried that I'm going to get fired. Well, that's scary. The second level is, well, what if I don't actually have anxiety about it? I'm actually going to get fired or that I'm actually just a bad employee and it's going to get me fired. Well, either one. You might. But you know what? Are you being fired right now? No. Okay. Well, keep going to work. Work as best as you possibly can until you get fired. So, long story short, just because your family doesn't believe you have OCD doesn't mean that you don't. Trust the, what the professionals say. Trust your gut on this one. And trust the, your gut that you emailed me and not some other show. So I know that this can somewhat sound reassuring, um, and reassurances, as we all know, is kind of a four-letter word in OCD land, but I hope this was helpful for you. But go forth and take a risk that maybe you're wrong, but you know what? Maybe you're not. Instead, move forward in life as you see fit. And to those folks who are just going to disagree with you, you know what? They're going to disagree with you. 
I did a whole episode a while ago on conspiracy theories and how we it's best to not get sucked into a conversation with a conspiracy theorist because, man, we're not going to convince them. With these family members who don't believe that you have OCD, this might be a conspiracy theory to them. And we can just leave it unsolved. We don't need to argue with them. They don't need to try to convince you otherwise. We can just leave it be. You think and believe that you have OCD. Great. Let's go forth and treat it. And not get sidelined or sidetracked by the secondary thought or the secondary fear about maybe I do, maybe I don't. All right, Sarah, I hope all this was helpful. Thank you so much for this question and best of luck. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for making it through this episode. It means a great deal to me that you all listen uh, and send in questions. Again, the more questions I get, the more shows there can be. Uh, So if you have a question for a future episode, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. Shoot me an email there. Uh, You go up to the submit a question or ask a question link there um, and and, and write it to me. I will read it. I will see it. And uh, it will make it to a future episode. Um, If you have any feedback for me about this show, if you want something more, if you want something less, if you want me to talk about a very specific topic, I would be more than happy to do that. Let me know through the FearCast podcast website. Um, The best advertising that I could ever have for this is for someone to tell someone else. So if you enjoy the show, um, tell someone about it. Tell a friend, tell a group member, tell your therapist about it. Um, So the the word of mouth is going to be the best way that other people hear about the show and give it a try. So uh, if you have told someone, if you've maybe heard about this show from someone else, uh, thank them and thank you for uh, uh, sending this along to, uh, or sending this along. So as a reminder, everybody, the FearCast podcast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have any questions about treatment uh, or need a little bit of extra support in your own treatment, you can go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can check out the uh, uh, um, find help link there. And there's going to be some links that will send you uh, to some various places that, that may be able to help you along in your journey. All right, everybody. Until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye. Thank you.